Hello and welcome to the Sun Journal Sportscast. I am your host, Adam Robinson, with my co-host, Sun Journal Sports Editor Extraordinaire Lee Horton. Today we have on the Levitt football coach, Mike Hathaway. We talked to him about present-day Levitt football, Levitt football in the past, Levitt football this coming Friday as they face, as the Hornets face Freiburg. And then we kind of dive into the eight-man football playoffs that are starting this weekend and I also give you a little preview of the Winthrop Monmouth Halldale game coming up Friday when they host Foxcroft Academy so um, give it a listen thanks to Mike Hathaway for joining and without further ado here is Coach Hathaway okay we now welcome on Levitt football coach Mike Hathaway onto the podcast Mike thanks for making some time for us here yeah you got it uh, we wanted to start off and ask you just about how uh, 2019, you guys obviously win a state title, and then uh, COVID happens. And and so this coming into this year, a uh, whole lot of new guys, and we knew you know your program is consistently uh, near the top, but we didn't know you know how strong they would be. What was the what were the first few weeks of, of practice like for you guys, trying to get acclimated with each other and trying to bring in so many new guys that hadn't played varsity football yet? Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't as bad as it could have been because so many guys, uh, especially our skill guys, got to play a lot of seven-on-seven seven last fall. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we, we really were young. We're going to be young in those spots in the in the 2020 season, so... Uh, you know, your Deacon Calders, Ben Seroys, Brett Coburn, Sawyer Hathaway, Nick Morin, uh, Deacon Jordan, all those guys, like, they were all going to start uh, that year. So, uh, you know, really a lot of their work was, was kind of put in during that. And then obviously there's a lot of that stuff that goes on in the summer. Um, you know, and then getting back, Jack Boutaw, Andrew Poirier, Reeve Twitchell, um, you know, Landon Arsenal, four real veteran linemen. Uh, that made a big difference too. So it wasn't really as bad as we thought it might be. Um, I think it was, you know, our conditioning wasn't real good. Uh, that that certainly, you know, took a hit uh, during the pandemic. And I think just learning the, uh, you know, the ability to concentrate for two hours at a practice hadn't been done a lot in a while either. So that was a big adjustment too. Yeah. Yeah, and then you have the the two weeks off, not. You know, not on purpose, but of COVID, you had to uh, wait wait a little bit longer than a lot of teams. Um, do you think that helped at all? Do you think that hurt? In what ways did it kind of do those things? Yeah, I, I think it helped us just in terms of, you know, we had so much stuff to kind of, we call it putting in our toolbox on each side of the ball and on special teams, you know, because we hadn't played in a season. Uh, so, you know, the time to put that stuff in was, was useful. Uh, but I think... You know, we, we've been a couple weeks behind people in terms of, uh, you know, kind of game readiness. I think we've worked it out by now, so it's not as big of a deal at this point. But uh, we, we had quite a few injuries during that stretch and a lot of different guys rolling through the lineup. And, uh, we, you know, it was really, really difficult. So, you know, having those two weeks was good, but being ready for the games, it, it felt we were a little bit behind early on. Which, which parts do you think were, were the most behind on your team? I think, um, you know, we, we do a lot of combo blocking up front, two for twos with guys, and, and you know, the variety of blitzes that you see, 
uh, week to week on like odd fronts and even fronts and getting your linemen ready, you know, not only for the schemes of those, but for the speed of those. Uh, you just can't really simulate it that well in practice. Uh, and, and, you know, you don't know what's really going to come up in the game, so it's hard to, to kind of practice it. So that was a big struggle for us up front. Uh, and then I think defensively, uh, tackling is, is the biggest thing. Um, you know, you, you have to tackle guys who are running full tilt and defeat blocks from guys who are big and strong like you. And people haven't done that in a long time, and it, it's been really hard. Yeah, um, so this season... Um, when you when you finally start to get playing, when was uh was there a point yet so far that you've kind of been like, all right, we're kind of hitting our stride? Was it the Cape game in which you won at home, or or uh, has there been a point yet? I don't think we felt like we really have yet, just because we haven't had all of our guys in the lineup together yet. So, uh, you know, other than you know maybe that first Wells game uh, for about a half, uh, but uh, you know I feel like we have improved every week. We also feel like our depth really has improved every week. And we feel like that's going to, you know, be big for us uh, down the stretch here in the playoffs. A lot of guys have gotten a lot of good experience. Uh, some younger guys, some sophomores who have gotten in there. Obviously, Noah Carpenter is the, the name that jumps off the page there. But uh, you know, Jay Snegley started for us last week at left guard. Uh, he's going to be a real good lineman. Uh, he's played well. Uh, Maddox Demers has, has played well for us at tailback when he's been in there. Uh, so just a, a lot of guys that have gotten in and, and got some experience, and now they're going to be ready for the postseason. What about, I mean, obviously you guys have scored a lot of points, but what about your defense? Um, for a while there, they didn't give up. I think it took them like three games to even give up a defensive touchdown, and that was to Cape. Um, how have they been able to be so sharp? What have been kind of the strengths there? Yeah, I mean, it starts up front. Uh, you know, Boutaba, Poirier, and Twitchell, those three guys are, have been amazing uh, up front. And, and when some of those guys have been out of the lineup for whatever reason, uh, you know, some other guys have stepped up. So, you know, always being strong there and, uh, you know, keeping some of those blockers off from your linebackers at the second level, uh, you know, has allowed those guys to be pretty good. And, you know, in particular, Bo Mayo and Landon Arsenal, those guys have been tearing up back there, uh, running around and making some plays. And, and then you kind of continue up the middle of that defense. And, you know, I think we kind of not really stumbled into it, but we were not really sure how good they were going to be, Carpenter and Hayes. Uh, you know, when healthy or, or as good as it gets at safety. And there's a lot of good combos in the state of Maine, uh, but those guys are right up there. They're they're smart, they're big, they're fast, uh, they're, they're physical, they tackle well. Like, there's really not uh, a weakness with those two guys. So, you know, the middle of our defense has been pretty strong, and if you can be good there, and, and I think, you know, defending the run in the playoffs is always really, really important. So we've always tried to build our teams around that, and we've been pretty good so far there. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, lineman-wise, it seems like Levitt always has a couple really, really strong ones. Um, and I just wanted to know what you think the biggest thing is to, to getting them. Is it the coaching? I mean, sometimes you're blessed with kids that just have great size, like Jack Bota or uh, Tommy Casey a couple years ago. But where does the just the consistency on, on both sides of the line come from for you guys? Yeah, I mean, it starts with the work that the kids put in in the weight room and in our summer program. So if, if that doesn't happen, those guys aren't going to be good. Uh, so it starts there, and then when they're showing up, they're getting great coaching, right? You got Dave Bockler, who's you know was an All-American lineman at Maine. He's been my line coach for twenty plus years. He's as good as it gets around. Um, you know, he's great. And then you also have Chris Gray, who's who's been around for twenty plus years. 
he works more with our younger linemen, so there's kind of a development there. They kind of work with Chris, and then they get to Dave. And, and then Matt Twitchell has been our defensive line coach the last few years, and uh, he's been phenomenal. I mean, he's, he's uh, you know, really a technician. Uh, so, you know, the, the technique of those guys is really, really sound up front. So, you know, it's one thing to be big. It's one thing to be talented, one thing to be fast. But uh, we preach a lot of technique in all of our positions, but particularly there. Uh, if you can have good technique, you can be really, really good. And you can train people to be good. Like, you, you don't have to come in and be the biggest, strongest, fastest kid. You know, we've done it with smaller, quicker nose tackles. We've done it with, you know, big guys like Jack and, and you know, Tommy and those guys. But, um, you know, they, they get the good coaching and they put in the time so that's really what it is and you know our youth and middle school coaches those guys have done a good job of, of getting drills and ideas and, and talking to our high school coaches so that they're teaching the right things so when the kids come to us they're not you know completely oblivious on how to do things right you guys are pretty connected to the youth program to the middle school and below yeah so my dad took over as the as the middle school coach probably five six years ago it's when Wyatt and, and those guys were in middle school oh, and it was a change that coach moved away uh, moved to New Hampshire and it was open and my dad decided to take it and a couple of my assistant coaches who were also dads uh, Alan Peabody's dad Rick uh, was in that group uh, Dave Coburn who's, who's Brett's dad now uh, those guys kind of took that program over and they were coaching with me all the time anyway and now they were down at the middle school with that group and you know we were pretty good in that area before like we were going down and helping those guys a lot and they were you know coming up and watching us a lot uh, but when we really got that those few years of all those guys going back and forth it really just made it made it strong and uh, you, know, you know those kids were getting the same exact things from seventh grade to twelfth grade so it, it really put a lot of consistency in there and um, you know our numbers have been pretty good in the youth and it's not you know as connected there in terms of what we do but the excitement and the enthusiasm and the work that those guys put in makes it fun and the kids want to play so that, that's the big thing yeah, it seems like we've you kind of mentioned it but a lot of coaches talk about how like the weight room is key and so is like the youth program the feeder type program but also that's kind of easier said than done because not everybody is able to do that um, how's that how's that been able to work just years of trying of working on it for you because you've been a coach for 20 years yeah at least <laughs> probably a few more uh yeah you know the, the weight room's a tough one because everybody's weight room looks different right like you, you go to you know you go to bonnie eagle or ta and then you come down to levitt or winthrop or you know school like here you go up north to you know uh an orno or a real small school like that you don't know what you're gonna get so uh you know really being able to figure out what you can do in your space that's best for your kids and how to get them in and out of there and be efficient with it. Uh, to me, that, you know, that's been, you know, pretty good. And we've always had some guys hang around the weight room uh, as instructors. Like right now, Will Parkin, who played nose tackle for us on the 2013 state team. He's a phys ed teacher at our school, and he runs the weight room every day. So every day after school, those guys are living with a guy who used to play level football. Uh, you know, he studied phys ed and, and kinesiology and stuff like that up in Maine. And, now he's coaching those guys up on how to lift, and, and that's time when I don't necessarily have to be in there instructing. I can just be around and, and doing kind of the head coach stuff, and, and those guys are getting that done. So being able to find a few guys who have the time and the you know the uh, knowledge to be able to do that, and, and then being able to actually get kids in and out of there and kind of stay on them and get them in a routine, uh, that's a big key. And it's real tough with the pandemic too, right? Because everybody has different rules around that at their schools. So you know, it's, it's really been a challenge lately, but. Um, you know, it's a big part of it. Right. Cool. 
sounds yeah sounds interesting but yeah it's hard to get the buy-in from the kids i think obviously you guys have that right it is you know the thing is is that that sometimes the success can't come first there right like you know yeah Sometimes you think you, you, if you get some wins, kids will get in there. But uh, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day, and you know, I was at Oak Hill way back in '98 with Bruce Nicholas and Phil Prito and a couple other guys, and you know, we went 0 and 9 in Class B that year. And uh, you know, we had to get kids excited about playing football. And you know, we started with a group of younger kids and got them excited about the weight room and just really committed to like, you guys are the ones that are going to turn this around. And it, it might not be by winning a championship or, you know, going undefeated, but you guys are going to be the first Oak Hill team in a while to go 500. And like, people are going to want to play because they've come and watched you guys play. So we, we kind of, that was the, I don't know if you guys were, you guys probably weren't around back then, but Dave Chase, who quarterbacked up at Huston and some other guys that were on that team were just, you know, they were fairly talented, younger kids that took a beating uh, for a couple of years and then got in the weight room because they didn't like that and really cared about football. And then all of a sudden, no kill. You know, they were all right. And then, you know, Stacey came in after some of us left and turned that thing into a gold mine. So, mm-hmm. you know, it can be done, but you got to get a group of kids excited about it. And then it's, it's, it's one of the hardest things. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like, yeah, building a football program, especially because you get. Not only do you get beat on the court, but you get like pushed around and <laughs> pushed down. And yeah, I mean, we lost 11, 63 to nothing that year. You know, we had okay. to go. That was that 98 team at Levitt with Jeff Doobie and Tail. Like, they were loaded. County was coaching them, and they killed us. Like, we took some lumps that year, but, uh, you know, we, we luckily moved down to see the, the next year just by enrollment, you know, just luck. And that helped out a little bit, but, uh, you know, you got to make your own luck with a lot of that stuff, too. So, so we'll do it. Right. Um, so I wanted to ask you about um, this season, jumping back, um, your quarterback situation, because um, I thought that, that Hunter was going to be the, the starter, and I think he was at the beginning of the year, and then I think he got a, a leg injury, and now I was at the Cape game where Noah Carpenter comes in and just uh, runs all over the place for five touchdowns, and, and now it seems like you guys kind of – you move back and forth. How's that going for you? And what's the kind of what's the situation kind of look like right now? Yeah, so we started the year, and, and Hunter was clearly our number one, but Noah was clearly a number two who was going to get some snaps in there somehow, some way. So yeah. uh, you know, we started looking for ways early on to make that happen. And, um, you know, I wouldn't say those guys split the reps early on, but it, it certainly was. Uh, you know, it was a, Noah was getting a lot more reps than a usual JV kid might get mm-hmm. uh, by you know. For, for a lot of preseasons. So, uh, you know, Hunter actually broke his pinky in the preseason on the first day of practice and the first five minutes of practice. Of course. And so Noah, right, so Noah had to take, like, the whole first week he was the quarterback. Hmm. And then Hunter came back and was able, he was ready to go to open the season, but uh, we couldn't play. So those guys kind of split the time, got a bunch of reps in practice, and then uh, Hunter got hurt early in that homecoming game, sprained his foot. Uh, he wasn't really 100%. Uh, he sat out the Westbrook game, so Noah got all the reps in that one. Uh, wasn't 100% for, for Kate, but we felt like he was good enough to play defense. Uh, so he did that, and, you know, Noah got all the reps in the Cape game, and then he got know, that, healthy again now. So. Hunter got that pick in the in the Cape game, too, on defense, like in the first yeah, round. Yeah, so. yeah. So, you know, really that week was he, – he really hadn't played quarterback until about Thursday that week. So oh, okay. we just okay. felt like Noah had, had all the reps, like he was good to go. So, um, you know, we, we kind of let him roll that game, and, and then – Against York last week, we started Hunter again, uh, brought Noah in, uh, you know, late in the first half, and, you know, used him uh, quite a bit in the second half. 
they actually got into it in the second half where we were swapping quarterbacks and tailbacks and flots all over the place like every play. So, uh, you know, we get Trevor Bossy back in the fold this week. He's back off an injury. So, you know, you're going to see, you know, him and Deegan yep. and Hunter all play tailback. You're going to see Hunter and Noah both play quarterback. Uh, they, they could be swapping play after play. And, you know, we, we've really been moving a lot of guys around in practice and just trying to be real versatile, and, and now it's paying off. So, uh, you know, if anything, it's it's a little hard to coach because you're trying to plan out your scripts and stuff in practice, like who's going to do what, please. Yeah. And now I've, I've just said, you know what, I don't even care who's at what positions. We're just going to run through the script, and you guys are going to move around and rep at everything. And, you know, we'll kind of figure it out game day and play the hot end. So, so like the opponent might – have, they might see Hunter and Noah in the huddle and not really know who's going to take the snap until. Yeah, you can uncover it now. They're, they're definitely going to see that. Like Freiburg, if you watch this, you're going to see a Friday night. Like, they're both going to be back there together. They were back there together against York. Yeah. One of them could be quarterback. One of them could be tailback. Um, you know, there's three other kids on that offense who have played a ton of quarterback too. So I wouldn't rule out one of them lining up there once in a while either. So. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. You got some options. Wow. Yeah. That's kind of fun. But Sawyer Hathaway played a lot of quarterback. Deegan Jordan was a JV quarterback in, in 2019. Uh, you know, Ben Seroy has, has played some quarterbacks. So we, we got a few guys. Cole Taylor had to play against Gardner in that homecoming game. We we lost Noah for a stretch that game, too. He got hit in the stomach. And, <laughs> well, you know, couldn't play. So Cole came in and, you know, threw a long pass, ran for a touchdown. Uh, he, he's pretty solid back there, too. So yeah, That's awesome. <laughs> right? Yeah. What's that? Good problem to have, you know. Yeah, especially yeah. that they can make it work. Right. Yeah, definitely. You got some athletes too. I mean, I keep talking about the quarterbacks, but you keep mentioning them. Uh, Deegan Jordan, uh, Calder. You guys got some. Uh, Sawyer can had that long catch against Cape that kind of sealed the game. That down the left field, down the left sideline. Um, you got some guys that can can really make it work, which just kind of goes to. You're a good problem to have. Just line anybody up anywhere and see what happens, right? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that's happened over years is we've really been committed to not relying on one guy and really spreading the ball around, and kids want to play. You know, like they want to be part of that offense because they know, you know, I'm not going to get 20 touches, but I might get four every single night. And uh, they want to make something happen with those four. So, like, Deegan Jordan's a great example. That's a kid who was a yeah. uh, JV quarterback who just handed the ball off off a lot as a sophomore. And, you know, he'd huck it deep every once in a while. And then he put a ton of time in the weight room and, you know, got on the track team and, and got into sprinting and lifting and yeah. doing a lot of that. And, you know, now he's, you know, he, that's a kid who's going to play college football probably next year as, as, like, a slot corner or you know, some type of, def- you know, hybrid defensive back or something. He's tearing it up. He blocks punts. He's great on special teams. Yeah. He's played tailback. He's played slot. He's played wide out. I mean, slot corner. He kind of do everything. So, um, you know, and, and like Dayton, Calder, and Ben Seroy, those guys are as fast as it gets. Like, they can move. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, trying to find ways to use those guys. And you got Sawyer outside. You got Nick Moore, who's 6'5", Blaine Shaw, yeah. you know, 6'3", and he can run out there. Yeah, Coburn and Bossy in there who can do some things at tight end. It's it's really fun to take all those parts and try to fit them together. And if the kids buy into it and they don't really care who gets the credit or who you know has to yeah. get a lot of touches, then then it really works. Yeah, it seems like it's, yeah, there's there's some names that are always showing up on the in the scoring summary, but it seems like there's lots of new names throughout the season this year. Yeah, um, so a lot of, yeah, a lot to work with. Is uh, we we were wondering is Deegan Jordan related to Cam Jordan? Uh, he is 
He is. They're cousins. So okay, not, not the same household, but uh, yeah, they're uh, they're cousins. We do have a lot. Of, I think Adam mentioned it the other night. I saw a lot of brotherly type uh, yeah. you know, connections. Soria Wyatt, Nick, and Cole Morin, the Parmenter brothers, the Calder brothers. All the Calders, yeah. yep. Yeah, uh, there's been uh, there's been quite a few. So, okay, yeah, that's what we were. That's why we were wondering because yeah, if any team has that, it's you guys. It seems uh, like. We're having a huge run on redheads right now too. Like he's oh, more <laughs> they all stretch on the same side of the circle too. So <laughs> yeah, get a walk over there and you get all them guys. You pull out sunblock and they seem real angry all the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Is, is that a secret to your success too, redheads? <laughs> I don't think so, but the two redheaded quarterbacks seem to be all right right now. So yeah, we'll, it's working out. We, maybe we get the market cornered on that. For I think Keegan Andrews down at Kennebunk's a redhead too. He's pretty good. So oh, okay. the, 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 the gingers, if you can call them that, are having a, they're having a year, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you got your your youngest who patrols the sidelines, kind of like a, a coach, <laughs> right? And as he was talking your your wife's ear off when I was at the Cape game, but he was, he was making some good points. So you got him to look forward to too. Yeah. He, you know, Jack, he likes to, he go, he's going to coach. He and Sawyer both probably, they, they're real into it. But Jack gets fired up. He stuck on the sideline with his Jersey there. And he yep. was, uh, to, on, you know, the next thing I know, he's telling me what plays to call. Right. <laughs> Dude, like you're 11. Like, you know. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. He was, he, he was on something. Cause he kept saying the feet that seemed to work pretty good that night. Yeah. yeah, he said. He said you gotta you gotta know so when they, to let the quarterback cook. Yeah, you got to. Yeah. Got to. So I mean, I thought that was pretty. I thought he was right. You gotta let him know. Yeah, yeah he he usually is. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. What about Freiburg? What's what's kind of they've they've had a pretty good season um, this year. What what's kind of going to be the key against against them? Yeah, uh, you know, you have to be real solid against Freiburg because they typically don't beat themselves very often. Uh, you know, we talked about it today with the kids. You know, that, that coaching staff over there with David Turner and Davey Jones, uh, those guys to me are, those are two of the better coaches in Maine. You know, those guys have gotten it done at a place where it's not easy to get it done. You know, you talk about how hard it is to get kids excited to play and, you know, knowing what you have every year. And, you know, it's the feeder program and stuff over there. And those guys, they don't make any excuses. You know, they coach everything up. Their schemes are, are great. Uh, you watch their players on tape, and they're just fundamentally sound all over the field. So, uh, you know, there's a few, you know, I mean, obviously they, they have, I don't know if you guys have seen the Will Allen kid. He's about 6'8", about 305 pounds. Plays oh, wow. guard, nose tackle for them. He's a big dude. Like, you know, he kind of stands out. But, um, you know, his, his brother is a real good outside linebacker, tight end type. Uh, but outside of that, it's just a lot of guys who are real solid football players. So wow. they, they're going to be tough. Yeah. That's a body you don't see usually in Maine. That kind of that gets big. He's, he's a heck of a hoop player, too. He's, I bet. He's a beast. Yeah. And then uh, the quarterback is, I don't know if you guys remember Oscar Saunders from a few years ago. Yeah. Quarterback on their state title run team. Yeah. Uh, his brother is the quarterback now, and he's you know similar to Oscar. He's... He's kind of shifty back there. He's tough. He runs hard. He's he's good good players. So uh, you know nothing. They've had a great season. This is gonna be a tough game for us for sure. Gotcha. Um, all right. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Good chat with you. Yeah. Yeah. Is, you got. This was fun. Uh, we'll we'll uh, hopefully talk to you again come basketball season, and uh, yeah. <laughs> good luck this weekend. 
and basketball it. season. I haven't seen the schedule yet, so we'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll be ready for basketball right after football is over. Yeah, yeah we'll worry over- about that when it comes. It's overwhelming to even think about winter sports right now. I can't even uh, – like, i got to do sign-ups sometimes, so i, I got to get one of my assistant coaches on that. But Yeah. Um, I'm so, yeah, I'm sorry uh, to stress you out so late, but, one, but not not anytime sooner. Yeah, <laughs> no, we'll figure that out when we get there. Right. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate it. Hey guys, you guys take care. We'll see you. Yeah, you too. Good luck we'll on Friday. Thanks. All right. So that was Levitt football coach Mike Hathaway. Thank you to Mike for coming onto the podcast and and uh, giving a whole bunch of information about the history of Levitt football, Levitt football this year. Um, the game coming up this weekend, everything in between. Uh, got a lot of good stuff from Mike. Uh, we wanted to talk about the eight-man football playoffs starting this week. We have a few teams, a few area teams in the playoffs coming up. Uh, first off, I figured I'd just start with Telstar, the number one seed of the South Small School region, uh, is on a bye this week because Trape Academy withdrew from the game because of injuries and just number problems and whatnot. So 7-0 Telstar will have to wait another week to play. But outside of that, Lee, who is sticking out to you the most from our region? Um, I was just thinking about that. Probably. Maybe it is Telstar. It can still be Telstar. Well, I mean, they are, but like overall, but I would say this week, uh, probably Spruce Mountain. Um, yeah. They have, they play uh, Yarmouth, and then I think that will, if they win, which they probably should, that'll set up a, a matchup with Mount Ararat, which I think they want to, I think they would like that. Yeah. Um, they seem, they seem pretty convinced that they can play with Ararat better than they did in the first game of the season, especially since they didn't have quarterback Cam Phillips that time. Friend of the friend podcast. Of the show. Yeah. Yeah, friend of the podcast. Um, one of the day ones of the podcast. Yeah. Well, probably like maybe more like a day three or day four, but anyway. Still. Um, yeah, so I think that's a good one. That would be really, really interesting um, for them to see you know, how, how – I mean, well, if they got to get by Yarmouth first, but right. I, I would say that they probably will. Yeah, they they would, I think, be favored in that game. Um, so if they if they if if their offense can – keep it moving like they have been i think they've averaged i think 50 points over the last three games uh and then can get to mount Ararat. they're they're chomping at the bit like cam phillips said on the on the pot a couple weeks ago they they feel like they learned a lot from that game learned a lot from the chevris game especially a couple weeks after that and feel like they can play with them and they want to see how they they play mount Ararat with with cam phillips with their quarterback and and kind of uh, had a few eight-man games under their belt finally. I, I'm very excited for that potential matchup in that uh, large school uh, playoff in the southern region. I was trying to remember yeah. which one it was. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about Spruce Mountain. Their offense has been uh, awesome this year. Yeah, in, in a lot of their games. I think, I think Gray. I think Gray. The other um, large school matchup we have is Gray and Lake Region, and yep. uh, Gray lost the first game of the season to Lake Region, but it was a fairly close game. It was, yeah. And just by watching the scores throughout the season of Lake Region, it seems like Gray, you know, Gray might have a chance to win that game, and so it's probably pretty exciting for them to get an, another shot. Yeah, at, Lake, at the Lakers. 
Yep, they got that game Saturday night with Lake Region uh, at home, I believe. And um, it's at Lake Region. Oh, it's at Lake Region. Okay. Yeah. That yeah, that would make sense because Gray's the fifth seed, yeah. not the fourth. There we go, Adam. Um, but it would be cool. Another chance at the playoffs. Another chance at a win. Uh, they've been up and down, but um, I think they do have the the talent and the defense to play with the Lake Region, and so. Uh, it'd be cool for that community to to pull one out and and get into the second round and and face uh, Chevrolet. Yeah. In the second round. So. Yeah. It seems like Chevrolet is kind of running away away with a large school, at least in the south. Yeah. But um, I think if I mean Mount Ararat and and Chevrolet would be a fun final in the south, but also I selfishly would like to see how Spruce could play Chevrolet a second time. Yeah. Um, see how that would go so yeah definitely um small school is pretty interesting for us too we have a lot besides telstar we have lots of school lots of uh yeah lots of games we do have lots of games we got the the top three uh seeds in the south region are area teams telstar dirigo and then mountain valley um that's just how the crabtree points happen but mountain valley won their last game dirigo i think has won what four or five in a row um and yeah, something uh, like that. They're, yeah, they're on fire. They're on fire. Uh, Charlie Houghton, the quarterback, and uh, Curtis Arrington, the running back, have have uh, gotten that offense going. And even when Mountain Valley slowed the Deerco offense, their their defense did enough to to save the win for them. So they're a strong team. I think that they uh, they're catching fire at the right time. They're figuring it out. This eight man thing has worked out for a few schools, and Deerco is one of them. So uh, they have Sacopee Valley, which I mean. I think they would be favored in that game too, but we'll see. Uh, and then Mountain Valley has Booth Bay, which I think could be a winnable game. That, that'll be a close one, I think, in the 3-6 matchup there in the south. Yeah, and Mountain Valley beat Booth Bay, right, I, th- I believe? I believe so, yeah. Um, I think they did. I, mean, I think they did, but... Let me pull up... Uh, uh, Kind of, I, I was kind of getting something. There's one game I always get mixed up with Mountain Valley. Yeah, the, yeah, they beat they beat Booth Bay, so they. I mean, yeah, you look at their losses. They lost to Mount Ararat Hyde, which isn't a surprise. They lost to uh, Spruce Mountain, which isn't really a surprise. Those are two of the best large school teams. They, yep. they lost to they lost a close game to Deergo. Yeah, it was a very close game to Deergo. Yeah. Yeah. And so their losses are nothing to, nothing to scoff at, and then their wins are over Booth Bay, a pretty big one. Then and, and uh, Old they Orchard. also had a pretty big win over Old Orchard Beach. Yeah, last weekend to to end the season. If you're gonna have a, a twenty two point win with with forty eight points up on the board, you want to do it in the last week uh, of the season. So, um, that's huge for them, and and uh, yeah, having the win over Booth Bay, I think just in your mind has to feel. Uh, a little bit better going into it, yeah. so. Uh, yeah, Booth Bay's kind of a strange team though. They they always seem like whenever we have to pick their games, it seems they've pulled off a few surprises. Um, yeah, they, they lost a, they've been they lost to Mount Valley, but I think they beat. Um, I think they beat Gray. Yeah, they they beat Dirigo at the beginning of the season, first game of the season, twenty six nothing, and then. 
to end the season, they've beaten Socopy Valley, and they beat Gray by 6, 34-28 in the last game yeah. of the regular season. So, a um, couple wins over our area teams, and two wins heading into the playoffs. So, um, they did lose to Mountain Valley in the middle of September, but that was September. This is near the end of October, so... Um, I think it. I think going into the playoffs, feeling good has a lot to do with. Uh, probably has a lot to do with uh, how you do in the playoffs, and it can't hurt to go in with a couple couple wins. Yeah, and, and Deergo, uh, Deergo Mountain Valley both um, have really kind of they've uh, had to build. Up. They've had to crawl crawl, crawl up from the bottom. Uh, throughout the season they've been fighting their way back into position to get right. and they've fought their way up to the number two and three slots yep which is a little, little bit surprising um, after their starts yeah i was surprised that that mountain valley reached uh third but i mean that's crabtree points for you so yeah um, and if they if they're they're going mountain valley win then they have a showdown next week right yeah uh, yeah, yep. We got the showdown next week again. Deerigo and Mountain Valley. Um, it would be at right. Deerigo Nick this yeah. time, but I mean they're right down the road from each other, so uh, the the place would be packed, and uh, I could get another grilled cheese. So, oh, I mean, win win for isn't, everybody, really. Isn't that fun? Yeah. Um, and then, but look, I was just looking ahead. Like Telstar, uh, they have to play. Moranacook and or Old Orchard Beach. Yeah. Um, Not. Especially that Moranacook game is it's kind of scary. Right, because uh, Moranacook's the only team that's put a real scare into Telstar, and I was at that game. Um, and Moranacook had just gotten their quarterback back uh, like two days before the game, and had he had only had one practice with the team before the game. And they played Telstar really, really well, given the circumstances. So uh, that is a... You have a week off. It's that rest versus rust thing that I'm not sure how much it, how much of it is true, but they're, um, that, would be, that would be a really, really uh, interesting rematch, I think, because Miranda Cook really put a, a scare into them. But Tim O'Connor, the Telstar coach, keeps talking about how Will Doyle, his quarterback, just keeps getting better and better every single week. He keeps scoring a bunch of touchdowns through the air or running. Um, he said he's learning the game a lot better every week, and he, he can't say enough good things when I call him after every win here this yeah. year. Um, he's been really excited about how he's played, and uh, Braden Stevens, obviously, and Andrew Layton, uh, a lineman. That just, they, they feel real good about their team. So uh, it should be a fun – it would be a fun matchup if those two um, – met up again but Telstar yeah. only beat Old Orchard Beach 26-6 to too in the regular season uh, in True. the middle of September so I think both teams could have a punching chance we'll see yeah it seems like those are both two toughest teams those are the two toughest teams that um, Telstar faced this season and yep. of course they had they didn't face Deergo and Mountain Valley so it's hard to know if those would have also been mm-hmm. those would have been tougher games than Miranda Cook and Old Orchard Beach provided but um, yeah, it's... I'm also kind of excited about that idea too. If if uh, Mountain Valley and Deergo win this week, then they play next week, and then Telstar, if they win next week, then we have a 
Telstar versus Mountain Valley or Deergo. Yeah, that uh, would be really fun. Region final. Yeah. Yeah, that would be fun. I just wanted to say Old Orchard, I'm looking at their schedule that and I remember they lost to Deergo and Mountain Valley to end the season. Um but it was a close Deergo loss and then the Mountain Valley one. So um but yeah, it, that would be really fun if if we could see Deergo or Mountain Valley play Telstar just cuz they hadn't seen hadn't seen each other during the regular season. Um and I want to see how that Deergo offense goes against that Telstar defense and and vice versa. So that would be fun in the final, but we we've we've got a lot of work to do to get there. But I mean, the top three seeds, our teams, uh, I like their chances in the first round. Yeah, yeah, they should win. Well, yeah, I'm, I guarantee that um, Telstar will make it to the next to wow. the second round. Are you reporting uh, that Stone Cold Lock exclusively? Take it that to one. the take it to the bank. Yeah. Well, Don't I you. guess who knows COVID though. True. <laughs> True. <laughs> Um, yeah. We haven't been able to track down the, the virus for New Year yet, but we will. Uh, we'll get sure. there. We'll get there. Yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. They, they, uh, yeah. I'm excited to see how these playoffs play out. And then next week, everybody but Class A starts the playoffs. Yep. And then uh, Class A starts after that. The week after. Um, so it's starting to ramp up and get fun. It's yeah. About to get. It's about to get uh, wild up in here. About to get wild and crazy. Um, I posted the final heel points for the boys and girls soccer on my Twitter, uh, Funk Flashy Rob, and then the Sports Sun Journal page retweeted it. But it has the the girls and boys soccer heel points, the field hockey heel points, and the volleyball heel points for our area team. So um, go look at those. We'll, and then next week we'll have a better look at how the playoffs stand and we'll We'll have a deeper dive into the other sports, but we wanted to get to eight man because uh, it's ramping up here. It's the first football playoffs going, so uh, big football pod today, Lee. Yeah, well, you know, we're always talking. We're always willing to talk talk gridiron. Yep, we're always talking pigskin. Yeah, so that yeah, that's fun. But yeah, and I think Lewiston volleyball has a, has also friends of the pod. Yep, friend of the pod. They have a playoff game tomorrow, a playing game against. Uh, Portland, yes, um, and they they're hosting because they were the 16th seed and Portland is the 17. So that's pretty exciting there. And then soccer and field hockey are really going to get going on Saturday, um, for yep. the most part. I guess there's some games on Friday too. So yeah, um, you said volleyball friend of the pod. Shout out Sage Cormier. She's going to go play volleyball at CM Central Maine oh, Community yeah. College next year. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, I'm, yeah. I mean, I don't know if that would have been possible without. Sun Journal Sportscast. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, they're probably not paying her hundreds of thousands of dollars to go play at CM, but we should get some kind of kickback from... I, just, I, have, I would just, like, credit even. Yeah, a thank you. Yeah. Um, so, what, so what game are you covering tomorrow? Are you covering... You're covering Winthrop, Foxcroft, Winthrop? Yeah, Winthrop, Monmouth, Haldale, and Foxcroft on Friday at 6 p.m. in Winthrop. Uh, that should be a good one. That should be very fun. Um, Winthrop, I I talked to Dave Sainaler today, and he was I was I asked him if they were thinking about moving the game to Saturday because they just played Freeport on Monday afternoon because they didn't have power last Friday on the field. Yeah, because yeah. Freeport's game got moved to next this to next Monday. Yeah, and so I was asking if they were going to move it, but he said there's a bunch of things going on and it's uh, senior night and they'd only had 
two home Friday night games, and it's week seven, so they wanted to get the guys out there. So they just changed their practice up a whole bunch. But uh, these are the two teams I wanted to see, and then um, Winthrop gets Oak Hill to finish the season next week. But um, it'll be really interesting because Foxcroft, just like Winthrop, have kind of run through their opponents. They're really athletic and talented on the offensive side, just like Winthrop. Um, Winthrop has a really good line, and Oak Hill's line kind of brought it to Foxcroft a little bit in the first half in their first game. Uh, before Tiger Hopkins got hurt, and that kind of shifted the all the momentum to Foxcroft. So it'll be interesting to see where these two stack up. I've been wanting to see Winthrop play uh, a top team, and we're finally going to get it. I'm I'm real excited to to see it at Winthrop. That crowd's going to be really good, and uh, the the football should be really good. Yeah, I think uh, the way that um, Winthrop dominated Freeport on Monday, it seems like. I think I'm done asking if they've how good they're going to be. Yeah, I think, I think they finally played a good enough team, and they just decimated. So right there, there. Uh, Dave said that Andrew Foster, their quarterback, completed four passes last game for 200 yards. Yeah. So they're just big play after big play, and everyone can can break a game like that. They got Logan Baird, and they got um, yeah. Foster can throw, and they've got a couple other guys. Uh, Dom Trot. Dom Trot. Yeah. What a name. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, I'm excited. But, but Foxcroft has um, – their names are escaping me right now. But their quarterback and their receiver are one of the – probably the best duo in that regard in Class D. Um, so it'll be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, I, I think earlier I said that the playoffs start for everybody but Class A next week. But it's everybody but Class A and Class D. Right. So B and C begins next week. Yep. And I always forget that D is small, as small as um, Class A. Yeah. In the ridiculous football classification in Maine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, good week of football coming up. Yep. And hopefully you can get some good snacks at Winthrop. I, I I've, I've I have eaten there, um, but I can't remember what I got. Yeah, I'm gonna have to get there early because I don't remember what I've gotten there. I haven't, I didn't eat earlier this year when I got there, so I need to um, try it out. Yeah, but I just like going to games there. It's so much fun. And you it's have to really kind of get there early to get a parking spot. So yeah, I I almost didn't get a parking spot at Oxford Hills last weekend. I had to park on like the side of a road by myself, and I was scared that I couldn't park there, but I didn't have a ticket uh-huh. at the end. So, um, but it oh, was yeah when I covered when I covered packed. them. I had to park on the road by the track, by the, yeah, just like over the fence from the track. Yeah, yep, it was wild. It was really full, but that was obviously the biggest game of the year so far, so. Um, yeah. A whole lot of fun, good football, good gridiron, pigskin, so. Um, we'll have we'll have a lot of stuff on the website, sunjournal.com slash sports, and we'll have a lot of stuff in the newspaper also as well, and um, get ready for for playoffs yoffs the yoffs are here they're all chasing the chip yoff season yoff season yep Uh, big big tilts going for the chip yep Uh, i'm gonna eat some chips yep Uh, did they go for the chip or the ship i can't remember chip chip yeah (laughs) yep um yeah that'll be awesome all right so yeah it's, it's awesome talking to you again yeah you too lee I had a lot of fun. Yeah, so uh, catch us uh, next week again for the 
Sun Journal Sportscast. Hopefully we can have an uh, athlete who is in the, the midst of a postseason run. Right. Soccer or field hockey, what have you. Right. That'd be great. Um, oh, and we have cross-country be- regionals this weekend, too, at Belfast. Oh, yeah, that's, yep, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, that'll be good. And yep. then, so is, is that, does that mean state is next week? Yep. State, okay, crazy, okay. Yeah, Ramping This up. is wild, wild time. Golf I'm wildin', man, I'm wildin'. Yep, that's the postseason for you. Yeah, grind, grind season. It is. It's not for the, the weak, the faint of heart. No. Yeah, no, it's not. No, so. it's for the... Um, Sturdy of heart. Yep. Sturdy of heart. So, All right, Lee. All right. Catch you on the flip. Uh, Thanks this for listening. Was lit. Yeah, it was. Super lit.